you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Nicole Trick-Steinbach. She is an international bravery coach. She is a host of Celebrate Brave podcast. She helps women to build their bravery and shows them how to stress and work less. Hi, Nicole. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders it is so exciting to be here. And thank you. The way you pronounced my last name, which is a German last name, was so fun. Thank you. It was so on the nose. And I know that for a lot of the native English speakers, it's not that that simple. So thanks. <laughs> so Nicole, uh, bravery coach. Mm-hmm. I really love it. I think that we need bravery, more bravery in our world. We need more bravery taught in schools and universities. So I really love what you do. So can you tell us a little bit more about how did you become a bravery coach? What is your story? Oh my gosh, such a good question. Um, So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to answer the question of how did I land here? But first, some foundations. Number one, bravery is a skill. It is not a personality trait. Number two, you, dear listener, you are already brave, right? Number three, you can build the skill of bravery. Okay, so those are the foundations. Now here comes my truth. I am not a naturally brave person. (laughs) Like that is not my jam. When people who've known me for a long time hear that, you'll hear some laughter because they know my resistance to doing the difficult thing, the brave thing, the thing that I haven't done before. But for people who are just meeting me, there's a little like, why on earth are you saying you're not a brave person? Look at all these things you do. You go into podcasts. I mean, you've had incredible guests from all over the world. And here I am joining the Pantheon, right? Or I travel, I've worked in over 25 countries. I started as a secretary in the tech industry and I ended as a global senior director. I had children. Is there anything more brave than choosing (laughs) to do that? I'm not sure. Every day I'm asking myself, right? But it's because bravery is a skill. It's because my definition of bravery goes way beyond what this patriarchal capitalistic society has taught us. And really into the minutia of the daily experience. So for example, I was listening to episodes of your podcast today and I started having this thought of like, do I have anything to say that is of such value compared to these other people? And the brave moment came and saying, oh, look at me. I'm questioning myself. I've been conditioned to question myself. I am a woman. I am a white woman. I was an immigrant to Germany for 13 years. So I was working in not my language, not my culture. It's where I got married. It's where I bought my house. It's where I had my kids, right? Now I live in Colorado, but the conditioning is the same. Dear miss, question yourself, limit yourself, make yourself smaller. Okay, great. So clarity. That's the first part of building the skill of bravery. Clarity. Oh, look at me. I'm questioning myself again. I'm comparing myself again. 
The second part of building the skill of bravery is momentum, taking action. So like, all right, when I question myself, what is my plan of action, my momentum to help myself through that and take the brave step? So I know my goal is to be on this podcast and give service to your incredible listening community from all over the world. So I'm going to listen to my power music, Brave by Sarah Bareilles. So good, right? Then I'm going to get some REM in there, probably some Taylor Swift because of the algorithm. And isn't she an amazing songwriter? Then a little bit of like Pink Floyd, et cetera. I'm going to dance around my kitchen while I get my cup of coffee. I'm going to put on some fancy earrings, right? These are all, all things that remind myself of who I am. And then I go onto my website and I look at all the times that I put out of my own podcast. Some are better than others, right? But I've been on other people's podcasts. And I'm like, oh, wait, I remember who I am, which is the third stage of the built skill of bravery, which is accountability, remembering who I want to become and then doing the work to be her, which sometimes is mindset. So before I got on here, I was like, somebody somewhere wants to build the skill of bravery. And this one conversation is going to help them. Remember, Nicole, you're here for one person at a time, one person, one person, one person. So that is how. I build the skill of bravery, how I help other people to build the skill of bravery. Told you a little bit about my career. I've been in tech for over 20 years. Like I said, I started as a secretary because they paid $2 more an hour. And I grew up very poor in Southern Ohio, which is a part of Appalachia. And um, I needed to go to school. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to have a bachelor's degree. I wanted to break the cycles. And while I was graduating, politics are personal. Anyone who says they don't want to be political, I have questions about that because I graduated right after September 11th, 2001 for your younger audience, for your global audience. That is when the United States had the attack in the retaliated, retaliatory attack. I also have a stutter, everyone, in New York City. And my country changed within three to four months. What I had planned for my career no longer existed. I got the chance to move to Germany, said yes, because there were hardly any jobs here. Moved to Germany, started freelancing. One of my clients hired me full time. And then I built a career. I was a consultant before I knew what a consultant was. That's a fun story. I say yes before I'm ready. Also when I'm scared, because that's brave. And then in 2015, my family decided to try something a little bit different moved to the United States, helped the company expand, do some global work, which was super fun. And then I decided to go out on my own in 2019. I didn't know what to call myself. So I made something up because I can, it's my company, but also because it's a little bit cheeky, fun, and brave. And now I get to talk to you and lots of other people in the world about the skill of bravery. I really love your story and I love that you're also using what you're teaching others and you brought us through the whole process of how you coach yourself on the way because isn't it a never-ending process? I think that, you know, we, we are kind of getting to the next level of bravery, of confidence, but still we yeah. need to go through those processes you know, over and over and over again to get to this next level. So let's um, talk a little bit about this, how to actually 
be more brave in our decisions, mm-hmm. to achieve our goals, even maybe to set goals that are more brave. Because what I feel is that sometimes we're like, oh, I I will do this next year or I will do this in five years when I'm when I have my book, when I have this, when I have that. For example, as I'm coaching TEDx speakers, I hear this all the time. I would love to speak at TEDx. Uh, it is my dream. It is on my to-do list. It's on my vision board. But I'm like, why don't you do it? Like if, if if it is so important to you, then just go and do it. Just write the application, do it. Just um, You can hire a coach. You can do it yourself or ask someone for advice and I think that many people they kind of wait for something or for someone to come and show them or rescue them or give them permission so what would you recommend to those people listening to us and waiting for this someone or something oh my goodness wow there's so many good layers to this question (laughs) so the first thing is I just want to I just want to like Start with the context, which is we all start, and this is true across almost every single country in the world. There is this beautiful organization called the Happiness Institute. It's out of Denmark. If you want to dive into the research, it is there. It is publicly available. Have lots of fun. Okay. And in almost every single country, the way we begin to educate our children is entirely externally motivated. So listen, if you are currently waiting for someone or something, a teacher, a principal, a boss, a coach, a whatever, an editor to tell you, go ahead, you can do it. You were conditioned to behave that way. And now you get to decide if you want to continue that way or not it's okay to decide to stay in your conditioning. That is also brave. We all have 25 bajillion things that we are navigating, especially post pandemic, right? I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but you know what I mean? All the the layoffs and the market shifts and all that stuff. COVID is a part of life. We can decide and there already starts the bravery. If you really want to write your book, you're going to have to bring that inside. You want to get the promotion. You're going to have to bring that inside. And what I mean is in source, instead of outsourcing, which is what we've been conditioned to do, our success, our belief, our permissions, whatever, you're going to have to insource that. And that starts with clarity. And that starts with, yep, you're going to have to be clear, but you're also going to have to fail. And I think the majority of the times when people say, oh, that's part of my, you know, my bucket list, but I'm not doing anything about it now. My brave question is then, okay, is that a conscious choice or is that a reactive choice? Cause you're waiting for permission. You're going to have to insource all of that. And then the next thing that you're going to have to do is tell other people about it, but tell the people who are going to say like, for example, Alina is going to say, great, my course begins, blah, 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 blah. You want to join or the best friend who's like, I really want to read. I'm, I'm currently a beta reader for rate reader for one of my friends here in Colorado and I'm, and I'm perpetually like, do you have another 10,000 words? Do you have another 10,000 words? But not because I'm responsible for her to continue, but because I care. She has consciously, bravely chosen the people to care, right? And then I'm going to come right back to momentum. So we've got the clarity. We've got the momentum. You're going to have to fail. And then into the accountability. 
when you fail or when you succeed. But most of the time people are scared to fail, not to succeed. Some of you will be scared to succeed, but mostly it's failure, right? When you fail, what comes up? Because what comes up, I'm not good enough. I'm not skilled enough. I'm not smart enough. That's not for me. That's for other people. That's where the work becomes on your accountability. What do you truly believe about yourself? And that's how we can begin to see what we want to accomplish and who we want to be as one in the same and allow for both success and for failure one, one tiny little step at a time. I used to talk about, cause I coach highly ambitious global women, primarily in the tech industry, a lot in the STEM industry. So if you work in and around tech, you're used to perfectionism. Cause if you want your code to work, you want your building to stand, you want your bridge to be fine. You want to go to space. It better be 99.99% good. Right? So I used to talk about 1% growth. 1% behavior change, 1% failure, but like my ambitious women refused. They just utterly refused. So then it was like 50%. I was like, no. So we settled on 2%. So 2% at a time. So instead of saying I have to finish and I have to, I have to finish my entire book in 2024, maybe you have your outline because you're also a caregiver and you have a full-time job or you're building a business or there's a global pandemic, or the markets completely shift. Or if you're in Europe, you've got lots of political things going on. If you're in the United States, we have a whole nother election coming, right? So 2% at the time with bravery and with grace, which means you got to redefine what brave means. So for the majority of people, and I've done this year, I do a lot of public speaking, either on Zoom or actually in person, right? In lots of different countries. I'll ask people to picture what brave is. And it's usually going to war, fighting with someone, like slamming your fist on the desk and uh, right. Or running into a burning building, saving a drowning child. Like it's like such extreme stuff. And yeah, that's brave. Yeah, sure. But so is me sharing my story on this podcast. So is you saying to your kiddo, for example, hey, you have two activities, you don't get to to do three and feeling the nervousness of not being a good enough parent or sending an email and saying, Hey, this agenda, this meeting doesn't have an agenda. I'll come when I know that the agenda is there and it makes sense for me. Otherwise my day is too full. It's that type of bravery. It's saying to Elena, Hey, I do actually want to do the TED talk. Can you help me? That's the type of bravery that we're talking about. That's the type of bravery that leads to you being less stressed, not more traumatized, working a fewer amount of hours, mostly because people stop doing other people's jobs because they're brave enough to say, hey, this is your job. Please get it done. And then earning more. But the first two steps come in that order. You're going to stress less then you're going to work less and then you're going to earn more. I hope that answered the question and the secondary question behind it. Yes, absolutely. So inspiring. So yeah, we need to be clear, first of all. And I think that what you mentioned, the the, those inner voices, this Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome is always there. And sometimes even people who have executive positions, senior positions, CEOs and business owners, 
they still have it or even they have it even more because they need to be perfect and everything and they they feel this high pressure of expectations yes so how to be brave at the same time mm-hmm. managing this inner voice constantly saying oh you did this wrong you did this wrong this yeah. you could have done it better and and yeah. so on and so on yeah So if that inner voice, I'm a coach, I'm a certified coach. I'm three times certified. I have more than 10 years of experience, but coaching is not therapy. I think that's a a level of nuance and maturity that as an organization, like what I mean by that is like the global organizations and structures, we really need to get clear on this. If your inner voice and past experiences are interrupting, let's say it that way, interrupting your present day that is for therapeutic support, right? Like one of the things that I ask my clients, if this kind of stuff is coming up, is I say, when you sit with that, and I usually lead them through some sort of guided meditation, right? Either recorded and they listen to it on their own time or live on our call. Whose voice are you actually hearing? And for a lot of my clients, it's their parent or a teacher in fourth grade or their very first boss or the mean girl from high school. I I hear this so much from North America is this mean girl in high school or a toxic ex-boyfriend. And when it's that, and a person is able to mindset themselves, not into gaslighting themselves, lying to themselves, pushing it down, you know, pretending it's not happening, you know, making it mean something positive. A lot of our experiences in life are not positive. You do not have to be grateful for them. You can be bravely pissed off that they happened and move forward and find something from it, right? You can find the lesson coming from somebody who has a lot of abuse in her childhood and poverty and all that stuff. I am not grateful for that, but I got a lot of lessons from it, right? If that is interrupting your current reality, you need to see a therapist, a supervised therapist who can work with the psyche. If it's about, oh, this keeps coming up, but I keep working, then that's a future skill build. A coach is a fantastic person to talk to. Of course, therapists can also help you in the future. It's not black and white, but you understand what I'm trying to say. So if that is happening, then whose voice is in your head? For most of my clients, they're also in therapy, let's be real, but for most of them, They identify the person and then they get to decide if they want to follow that anymore. And if you don't deal with this in the middle of your career, the more senior you become to your point, Elena, the more serious, the more senior you become, the more extreme this becomes. So deal with it at the beginning and in the middle of your career, you'll still have those moments. I was a global senior director. I worked with the C-level of big companies. They were my bosses. And I still am about to get onto a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, do I have anything of value to say, right? Oh yeah, I do. Okay. Huh, that voice is there. I have my skills. I have my bravery. I move forward. So whose voice are you hearing? Do you want to believe them? And for most of my clients, they come up with some sort of fun answer to that part. Like, thank you, Aunt Betty. Just go on over there, grab a cup of tea. Nobody's interested. For me, because I'm from a blue collar family, industrial lines, very few have any sort of college degree until my generation and younger. 
what I say when I'm like, oh, I have to produce. Oh, I have to get this out. Oh, I have to. Oh, and I'm like, because I love to overwork, right? Like Henry Ford, I didn't ask you. So thank you for joining the party, but I didn't ask you. Then I come back to myself and I can move myself forward. Yeah, great, great advice. I think that it is a nice exercise that we can do with our ourselves through journaling or meditation or just talking mm -hmm. to someone because I think that many people are struggling with this and even working in communication when I'm working with my clients all the time they have this nervousness and public speaking fear and some doubts coming from I don't know where like you, you have so yeah. much to say you have so much experience why don't you why do you feel that you're not ready for the TED talk or you're afraid of speaking in front of 100 people like uh, it is not understandable so I think that we need to search for the answers from within right and and as a coach like you I'm sure you can hear when someone has a turn of phrase or an a way of communicating an idea that is not in their voice where you're like what you got two people in there Because you talk like that and suddenly you talked like that. What happened over there? And a lot of the times it's like, oh, well, my first boss told me to never use the word leverage. Well, why not? You you say the word leverage, say leverage. Like that's again, it could be accountability in the build your brave framework. Who do you want to be? Yes, uh, so, so interesting. And uh, I really love what you're doing. So Nicole, let's um, like sum up and, and uh, give our listeners main points or so several main points. What can we start doing or stop doing to be more mm -hmm. brave in our everyday life? Yes. So in your everyday life, the number one tip I have for you is to be more kind to yourself. So the clarity of, wow, I've been indoctrinated to constantly push myself, to constantly get that bigger car, the larger balcony, the nicer paint job, the more beautiful nails, the smaller butt, if you're a woman or bigger butt, whatever is in mode these days, who knows? I'm in my forties. I'm over it. But right. Like that's indoctrination and that's conditioning. I just want to encourage you that if there's any singular brave step you can take is to be more kind to yourself. And that again, like I use my builder brave framework all the time. Like, Oh, I'm not being kind to myself. Clarity. I wish to be kind, being kind to yourself, making a habit of being kind to yourself steps you out of the extreme capitalism the extreme patriarchy, the extreme white supremacy that drives so much in this world just by being kind to yourself. Then you can take actions that are kind to yourself. Eat food you enjoy. That's a wonderful way to be kind to yourself. Decline a meeting that you don't need to be in. Ask for the extension. Embrace the 70% completion collaborate with people more, whatever it is, it's going to be more kind for you. Get new sheets, get new bed sheets, bed sheets, change your life. And then be kind to who you are becoming. Too many times in this, in this process of being kind, I watch my clients and I do it myself. I'm sure 
most of us do, right? Is we judge an earlier version of ourselves. Let's not do that because now we have wisdom. And so we can look back with kindness on the person who accepted the job that underpaid them, the person who allowed themselves to be bullied by their boss or their colleagues, the person who chased other people's permission to do their TED talk versus deciding for themselves. We can be kind to that person and say, Hey, I have new wisdom. And with this new wisdom, I'm going to take this brave step. Great. I really love it. I think that it is such a great inspiration to our listeners. So dear listeners, let's be kinder to ourselves starting from today and uh, make something for ourselves every day, something nice. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for, for inspiring us. So if our listeners want to reach out and want to ask more questions, where can they find you? Yes. So I do have my own podcast. It's called Celebrate Brave. I'm not exactly sure, but we are renaming it to make it more specific based on user feedback we got, which it'll be called Celebrate Brave Careers, but it has my name in it. And I am literally the only Nicole Trick Steinbach in the world. So you'll find me. I'm on LinkedIn and on my website, speaking of being kind on my website, I have a free course. So it's one session. I think it's like 25 minute video. It has a workbook that goes along with it. It's called the accountability triangle so that you can work less regardless of what you're doing. I've heard from people who are taking care of their grandchildren for their children while they're in retirement and the accountability triangle helped them reduce their stress and work less. I've heard from, um, executives, the senior vice president level at a global corporation that it helped them as well as, which was very exciting, um, an aeronautical engineer student used it. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. So it's on my website. It's called the accountability triangle. It's for free just because I want to see more people overproducing less and enjoying their lives more. Cause my goodness, if that is not kind and brave, I don't know what is. All right. And if you use it and you have questions or you just want to tell me how you used it, why you used it, I would be so honored to hear from you. My email is Nicole at tricksteinbach.com. So you will definitely find me. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nicole. We'll put all of this under the episode so that we can immediately jump there and and click the link. Thank you so much. Thank you for encouraging us to be more brave. I'm definitely inspired. I'm sure that our listeners will take something for themselves as well. Thank you so much for being on Ideas and Leaders. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag ideas and leaders. See you in the next episode.